Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Hack to Start, a podcast that focuses on amazing people who have an interesting story or perspective to share and their insights on how they got to the level of success they have today. Thanks for joining Tyler and I for another episode. This is episode 110, and today we'll be chatting with Laura Roeder, the founder and CEO of Edgar an application that automates social media scheduling and marketing. Edgar is a cutting-edge service and one of the fastest-growing competitors to Hootsuite. Laura was still in junior high when she taught herself how to build websites. Then she launched her first consulting business at the age of 22. After consulting and running various online and offline classes, teaching people how to drive traffic and increase their social engagement, Laura developed a process that would become the basis for her next company. Within 11 months of launching Edgar, Laura grew to over 100,000 in monthly recurring revenue, serving almost 3,000 customers, all while remaining bootstrapped. Laura joins us to share her story, how she got into consulting and then startups, how she got her first customers, how they've managed to keep growing while staying bootstrapped, how she approaches managing and building a remote team, and much more. So once again, we'd like to welcome you to the show. Feel free to tweet us at hacktostart, drop us an email at hey at hacktostart.com, or share your feedback right on iTunes with a review. Good or bad, we'd love to hear from you. So let's get started. Hey, Laura, thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey, guys, I'm happy to be here. We're super excited to have you on the show to learn more about a really cool project you're working on today called Edgar. But before we dive into that, we'd like to know a little bit more about yourself. Where are you from and what did you study? I'm from Austin, Texas, which is also where I live now. And I studied advertising in college. That's really cool. So how did your passion for entrepreneurship really develop? Um, So I started working for myself pretty young. I only had one job out of college and then I quit it after about a year and a half to work for myself. I started as uh, a freelance designer. So I think I was first interested in entrepreneurship for the freedom. Uh, I had a friend who would come visit me, you know, at the time I was living in Chicago working in an ad agency. And I remember I had a friend come in from out of town and I couldn't hardly see her when she was in town. You know, I would, I would get off work at like seven and, and we could have dinner and, and that was kind of it. And I would go visit her in LA and she just had like odd jobs at the time, but because she had odd jobs, she had the flexibility to see me during the day. And I remember thinking that seems really cool. You know, I don't want to, I don't have to sit in an office all day. I want more flexibility. That's really cool. I've just recently transitioned to freelancing as well. And, uh, I can definitely agree that the f- the freedom is a really cool uh, kind of perk to have. But to, just to go back and talk about you know, like your first job, like what was it and how did you really get into social media? Yeah. So like I mentioned, my first job was at an agency. I was actually a, a graphic designer at an ad agency and I quit that job to be a freelance designer. And uh, I quit that job in 2007 and Twitter launched in like 2007, 2008. I guess it probably first launched like late 2007. So as soon as I started freelancing, social media started to become a really interesting thing. Uh, and I was making websites for local businesses at the time. And just because I didn't know any better, I would, when I would make them a site, I would advise them on, you know, how to get traffic to the site and kind of their online marketing flow and how to convert that traffic into customers. I just thought that's what a designer did because I was making a website for them. I just, you know, literally didn't know any better. So when social media started to become something that I was active on, my clients would ask me if they should be on social media and how to use it for business and all those things. And eventually enough people told me, 
you know, you could get paid just for advising people about social media because I had just been doing that for free for my clients. And I thought that sounds a lot easier than building a website. <laughs> that sounds great. I want that career. Um, so that just turned into advising on social media, which turned into doing social media marketing training products, um, which really turned into social media software, which is the business that launched in 2014, which I have today. That's awesome. I love the I love the career progression and, and transition. And so speaking of that software, you know, you currently are the founder and, and CEO of Edgar. So mm-hmm. for those who might not know, can you tell us a little bit more about Edgar, that software product that you built and, you know, what motivated you to, to create that? Yeah. So Edgar is a tool for getting a lot more exposure for your existing content. And what motivated me to create it, it was actually born out of a process that I was teaching. Like I said, I was doing social media training and I developed a process that I would use for myself and I would teach my clients. And basically it all centers around the idea that you should not be creating custom unique content every single day for social media. What a lot of people do You know, if they want to post five times a day, they come up with five new things to say every single day. Uh, It's incredibly time consuming, as everyone knows who's done it. And it really doesn't make sense for the space because less than 5% of your followers see any given update. Uh, So if you're trying to get your message out there, especially if you're trying to drive traffic back to your website, a lot of people will spend a lot of time writing a new blog post and then they'll send the link out once or twice, you know, uh, and never again months down the road. But but new people are discovering you on social all the time. That's kind of the idea. So I just developed a methodology of putting all of your social content into categories and then cycling through those categories so that you could get more exposure for the content that you created. Uh, And so that that system turned into Edgar. That's what Edgar does automatically. We're a social tool, but we're very different from other tools because we keep a categorized library of all your content. So you really curate your content over time and Edgar sends it out automatically for you, cycling through the content, you know, depending on your preferences. So with other tools, you have to keep reloading your queue or you have to schedule every individual piece of content with Edgar, you just load up your library once, you know, continue curating and adding to it over time. And Edgar takes care of sending it out for you. That's really cool. It's, it's awesome to hear the kind of the evolution, I guess, of the process from developing it for your clients to turning it into software. So can you dive into that a little bit more? Like, how did you approach building the first version of the app? Was it super manual at first? Or how did it become the software it is today, I guess? Yeah, so we didn't really have that phase of like, you know, some people will like do what the software does manually because we had sort of skipped over that in the training. You know, we were already teaching people how to do this and people were paying just for the training and then still having to do all like the manual work of the scheduling themselves. So kind of figured, okay, well, if people will learn just, you know, we'll pay just to learn it, then they'll probably pay to have it all done for them. Um, so the initial version of the software was built by my husband. My husband, Chris, is a Ruby on Rails developer. So he's the one who kind of helped me see, you know, I would complain about having to spend all this time, like doing all this stuff manually. I'm like, why doesn't, especially the library, I'm like, why doesn't the, the software that I'm paying for like, keep a library of all my content? Why do I have to keep reloading it over and over again? And there were just these obvious things that other tools weren't and, and still aren't doing. Um, so Chris was just kind of like, well, I could build a tool that does that. So I'm like, cool, do it. And <laughs> that's how, that's how the first version came about. Yeah, that's really cool. And so, you know, within the first like 11 months, Edgar grew to over hundred thousand dollars in MRR. So monthly recurring revenue, all while mm-hmm. being bootstrapped. So how did you go about acquiring some of your first customers to, to see that kind of growth within such a short time span? 
So I parlayed one business into the other. So I'm a big believer in building a list. I'm, I'm a marketer at heart. You know, that's my background. And when I launched Edgar, I had already built a 75,000 list from the social media training business. You know, I'd spent five years doing that and also building up my personal brand um, as an expert in the social media and online marketing space. So I wasn't starting from scratch. You know, it's definitely unfair to compare it to a bootstrap business that's starting, you know, in a totally new space with no name recognition, no nothing. So we obviously used that list in the beginning um, and found our first customers there, people who were interested in the social media training. Of course, a certain amount of them were interested in social media software. Yeah, absolutely. And and why did you, I guess, decide to continue bootstrapping Edgar uh, in, until the present moment instead of taking an investment and growing it like, you know, some other software companies might have done? Yeah, I mean, it's something that um, I really thought about when we launched. I've recently thought about again, you know, now where we we reached um, 3 million annual reoccurring revenue at the two year mark. So we're a little bit past there now. So uh, it's not just a, a one time decision. You know, it's something a, a business can decide to do at many points on the journey. In the beginning, I talked to a lot of people that had raised money and every single person who'd done it said, I would not do it unless I had to. And I wasn't in a position where I had to, you know, I still had the other business to lean on. Um, And I had a small team from the other business that could start spending their time working on Edgar. So I did get to bootstrap. I didn't have to raise money. And I just wanted the freedom and the control, you know, and that's why I've decided still not to raise money. I don't want uh, a board to be accountable to. I don't, I definitely don't want to raise venture capital and get stuck in the trap where you have to keep raising, you know, if you raise VC, they're interested in those unicorns, right? They're interested in those hundred million dollar, billion dollar businesses. Well, not every business has to be a billion dollar business. And when you're bootstrapped, having a business that's, you know, a one, five, 10, $20 million business is a, is a great business, but that might not be enough for your investors. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you approach, you know, growth today? How have you guys kind of continued to grow at, at such a crazy pace? And, and, you know, what have been some of the most effective tactics that, that you guys have seen? So we are definitely big believers in social marketing and, and content marketing. So basically, you know, organic growth, organic marketing, uh, it's funny. I don't feel like we do anything that revolutionary. I feel like we do the basics really well, which is pretty unusual (laughs) if you look around out there. And so the basics to me are we blog every week or twice a week. We publish a newsletter every week. We're extremely active on social using our own tool. Obviously we build backlinks by doing things like this podcast, you know, getting featured various places. um, And all those things come together to help us rank well in search and, the vast majority of our new customers come from search. Uh, We also do Facebook ads. So we are doing some paid acquisition as well, uh, but those numbers don't come near organic search numbers. And if you are a SaaS business, you know, you have to keep growing in a more exponential way. If you want to outpace your churn, churn being the number of people that leave every month. Um, The problem with relying on something like ads that you have to pay for, for every person who comes in, or maybe going with like partner channels where it's going to be a limited pool. The the power of bringing in people through search is is pretty much unlimited. You know, we could grow our business a long time on that on that traffic. So I've actually heard some people say that uh, like organic doesn't scale, search doesn't scale, and I could not disagree more with that. That's that's what we focused on. 
That's definitely a great approach to you know building an audience around your company. Um, so your team today is completely remote. So how do you approach building a team and culture that works like this? So we are 100% remote. I, there was an article on Medium the other day that was talking about how their company was remote first, but they still had an office. And I was like, no, we're like really remote. <laughs> you guys are sort of remote. Um, so yeah, we have no office, no HQ. We've done remote in a sort of unique way because even though we're remote, we're not asynchronous. So we all work in the U.S. and Canada during normal working hours. So we do have that, you know, three-hour time span from East Coast to West Coast, but we don't have worldwide. So we do all – it feels like we're working together, just not in the same physical space. And and that's how we run our company. We're not a remote company where – you can work any hours. You know, you have people in Asia working at night where other people are working in the day. We all work together and we're a very collaborative company. We just believe that we can find the best talent by expanding our, our borders um, and also letting people have more freedom and, and flexibility that remote working allows. So it's, it's very much a part of our culture that is very deliberate and that we think a lot about how to make it better and not just like, oh, we'll save some money by not having an office. So what's your day-to-day role like at uh, Edgar? So I'm CEO at Edgar. It was just this year that I let go of running marketing um, and really stepped into just doing CEO and and not having my hand in any of the day-to-day in business. So it's been a learning process. Like I literally was like, okay, I have to buy some books. Like I have to Google like what does a CEO do and then buy the books and then read them because it's a big transition, especially as a bootstrapper. You know, my first business, I was obviously doing everything and it's really evolved slowly from there, hiring roles. So now, you know, I'm managing managers. We have managers of every team and, and those managers are, are my team. Um, the company's at about 18 people right now at the time of this recording. So the the job of the CEO, a lot of it is to have a really clear focus on the strategy and make sure that everyone is aligned with that. Um, as the company grows, you really have to keep an eye on making sure everyone's priorities are aligned. And it's easy for some teams to start working on different things or sometimes even teams start working against each other inadvertently because they have different ideas of, of what's important. So the job of a CEO is to make sure that every, you know, every team is making progress every week, month, quarter on the most important priorities to the company, that those priorities are aligned uh, and that the company doesn't run out of money. That's another really important part of the CEO's job. That's really cool to see the transition. So, so do you have any funny stories you can share with us, either from your time as being an entrepreneur or working on Edgar? I mean, I think of one when I first started out. So when I first started working for myself, I was 22. So I was young and I've always looked even younger than I am. So I mean, I'm sure people thought I was like in high school when I was first starting out. And I was I was really self-conscious about it because um, I would go to networking events and everyone else there would be like in their 40s or 50s because I was going to these like local small business chamber of commerce stuff. So I, I was always very self-conscious about being young. I thought people wouldn't take me seriously. So one time I went to a conference and at a conference they offered laser business coaching where you would get matched with a business coach and they would give you advice for five or 10 minutes on a specific problem. So I signed up for it. I went and sat down with this, this business coach and I don't even remember what my question was, but she was not interested in my question. She started tearing me apart. She told me that I needed to change my hair. She told me I needed to change how I dressed. 
She said I needed to lower my voice, that my voice was too high and too feminine. And she literally told me to practice. She said practice every day in the mirror speaking in a lower voice <laughs> so that I wow. could lower my voice. Um, so it was, it was this amazing experience because it was everything that I was paranoid about. You know, like people think I look too young and they're not going to take me seriously. It was everything just put into reality. You know, like a real human saying everything was wrong with me that I thought was wrong with me. Um, and I like, I made it through and then I like start crying and ran off and I like, I went and found my friend and I told her what had happened. But, you know, afterwards I realized that it was actually this really great thing that had happened to me because I was no longer scared of someone saying or thinking those things because it had happened. You know what I mean? You're scared. Like, what if they think I'm too young? And then it's like, well, what if like this woman straight up told me to my face and she thought that I was never going to be successful because I looked and sounded too young and too female. Uh, and like, you know, like nothing happened. Like I certainly didn't lose any clients. The world didn't burn down. So it was not funny at the time, but shortly after I was definitely able to see the humor in this woman's advice. Um, and it kind of made me stronger against, against those ideas actually. Yeah, it's funny when those kind of events happen and they stick with you and you always like look back at them and, you know, it, it is definitely a funny story li- listening about it now. And I'm, I'm happy that it was it hit you in a way, in a positive way in the end. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at the success now. You were able to, you know, launch and launch a product and freelance on your own. And it's, I don't know, it's a sim- super cool story. So what's next for yourself and Edgar for this year? So, I mean, right now it's all about growing the company, you know, trying to keep up with the demand we've seen from customers. We're hiring in marketing and dev and customer service. Um, We are incredibly picky about our team and things like we talked about working remotely. I mean, that's a huge thing that we look for in a hire. We look for people who have already worked remotely, who are really well suited to it. it. It's definitely not for everyone. It can be really lonely and really isolating. Um, So that's just like one small factor among many. So growing the team uh, is definitely the big focus for the rest of the year. Awesome. So what are some of the most recent apps that, you know, you've downloaded or used, uh, you know, either personally or professionally? You know, one that I like that I never see anyone talk about is Google Keep. I've always been on Android, which I feel like finally other people are getting on Android. I've never had an iPhone personally, and I feel like other people are starting to see the light now. Um, and built in with Android is a, it's like a to-do list app called from Google, Google Keep, and you can do to-do lists and you can do notes. You can draw on pictures, which can be weirdly hard to do on mobile. You can synchronize it, you know, with anyone else or log into your Google account and see it all. Uh, so that's one that I use a lot. That's really cool. I'm I'm an iPhone user and I actually have quite a few Google apps. I'm a huge fan of Inbox and Google Calendar. So those are, mm-hmm. even though I'm an iPhone user, those are my those are definitely my go to. Um, but are, is there any recommendations that you have on great content that you come across lately, either like a book, video, or blog post? Yeah, you know, I'm speaking at Business of Software this year, which I'm I'm really excited about because it's a conference I've wanted to go to for a long time. So I was looking through some of their previous talks. They have videos of everything or almost everything online. Um, And Des Trainer from Intercom gave a really great talk in 2015 at Business of Software uh, around a lot of the lessons they've learned at Intercom. One of the most interesting parts to me is where he was talking about how the competitors for your product might not be just the, the people in the same category. So he was talking about a flower company. You look at other floral companies as your competitor, 
But maybe chocolate is a competitor too, because maybe people are buying a gift for Valentine's Day and they're deciding between flowers and chocolate, or maybe jewelry is a competitor too for that reason. And a customer might buy all three of these things, they might buy just one of these things, but it really opened my mind to the idea of the job that needs to be done. You know, Intercom's really big on the jobs to be done methodology, which if you don't know it is a really interesting thing to Google. The job that your product or service is achieving is often much broader than just flowers. It's giving someone a gift or making someone happy, or maybe it's around grieving and you can be really smart about how you sell your product. If you're aware of, of all these different usages. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point uh, to kind of bring up. And, and, you know, we look forward to seeing, I guess, I guess the, the results of your talk, I'm sure it's going to be an awesome talk and, and, uh, you know, checking that out. So we'll, we'll make sure to uh, link to that when that's available. So do you have any last thoughts or, or personal models that you live by and you think other people should know about? Uh, so one of my, my favorite quotes is how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. And to me, that means to remember the importance that your life is not made up of these big milestones and big vacations and big events, but it's really the everyday. This applies very much to your business, you know, and looking at the role in your business. It's easy to be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, work till 11 p.m. for a while, but then in some distant future that, you know, who knows how it's ever going to arrive, I'm going to do different things. But you don't really have a plan for how you're going to get there or you're, you know, you're willing to sacrifice a lot thinking that someday it'll change. So I'm a believer in, you know, making your life as closely aligned as you can to what you want right now. And same with your business. I think sometimes we have big dreams for our business, but we think, oh, that's not for me or that's for a bigger company. You know, look at how you can make that happen today. Absolutely. That's a fantastic way to end the episode. Laura, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. It was awesome to have you on the show. Thank you. Well, that's another episode of Hack to Start. Thanks for listening, and we hope to have you join us again soon. Remember to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and on the web at hacktostart.com. We honestly couldn't do it without your awesome support, so please leave us a review on iTunes. Until next week, and we hope you enjoy the show.